Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Oversharers podcast. My name is Hava. I'm Kansal. And today we have another episode for you and and what? I'm telling you more juicy scenarios. I don't know what the fuck just happened to you guys. <laughs> I don't know. Can I have a vodka? I don't know how it okay. gets better than this. Right, so now that we've spoken about mother, mother Taylor. Mm-hmm. Guys, I'm just really obsessed with Taylor Swift again and it just makes me so happy that I'm going to be seeing her in June. It just makes me so happy that she's happy. Yes, she is. And Travis Kelsey is a spicy Mediterranean-looking man. I know. He's the spicy white that I talk of, guys. He's very, he's very stunning. MashaAllah. Allahumma barik. I want this for her. I know, me too. You know when someone comes out of a horrible situation, seven years, he did not even put a ring on. Uh-uh. No gur. Nothing. It's crazy. It's crazy. And now she's got a beautiful man. She's made us forget all about Matt Healy. Yeah, I don't... Who's I, Matt, who is Matt Healy to me? Like, ill. Ew, that she even had that phase. <laughs> and now we're in the phase of Travis Kelsey. It's giving me rom-com. It's giving me book talk, love story, football romance. It's giving redemption. It. Can I just say her influence is immense. Like, little girls are watching the NFL now. Apparently, their ratings went up 60%. In I saw a post game. about this ranch sauce that was, like, sponsored by this game that she went yeah. to. She put ketchup and ranch and, together. Yeah, and the sales for that sauce have gone up. Like all I'm saying, I'm just saying, yeah. Taylor is on the level of Michael Jackson for me right now. I'm not I'm even like joking. On the level. Anything Taylor puts out is selling. Like, can Taylor just promote this podcast, please? Like, honestly, can you <laughs> stick for us because we love you. We're Swifties at heart. Another thing that I found out recently was that people like Taylor and Beyonce apparently can't actually go to public restaurants. It's illegal for them because they'll cause a frenzy. And no. a public riot because of like their fame. So do they have to hire the it's whole? It's like a Michael Jackson. Joint. It's called a Michael Jackson law. Because I like saw on Keeping Up the Kardashians that whenever they used to go out, sometimes they'd hire the whole yeah. building. So they hire like whole buildings, whole restaurants. So like in that Chiefs game that was last weekend or this weekend, mm. they had to hire an entire restaurant for the Chiefs family and friends, and she came because otherwise it would have been crazy. I mean, the Chiefs have to do that anyway, because they're already popular, but I'm just saying, imagine that level of fame. You can't even go to your local Marks and Spencers without someone cl- clocking you. Imagine Taylor came to London and wanted a cheeky Nando's. I don't <laughs> think it happened. In Shepherd's Bush. <laughs> I don't think She'd so. She'd have to I hire the whole store. It'd be store. like two people. She'd, She'd have to hire the whole store. She probably has to put like, posters on the window. But she's so rich that she can like, if she wants to be inconspicuous, she could get away with it. Because there's so many times that she's like done secret adverts and no one even knew that Taylor was there. But you know Taylor, she's also got the resources to just be able to dress however the hell she wants. If she just suddenly buys a pink wig yeah. and like massive framed glasses and decides would I wanna go to the shop, who would know? Exactly. Exactly, except Swifties. But Swifties are in every corner of life This is now. the thing, you know how you know like someone's when they're walking, like they walk a certain way. Yeah. I feel like Swifties would know exactly. those little 
she's got a very different stance to her yeah they probably know how she walks they probably yeah. know like the, s- the space between her glides yeah. they probably know how her arm swings when she walks <laughs> the obsessions you know I mean? yeah. <laughs> but like the other thing about guys the whole podcast thing was about taylor so if you don't like her please go yeah, away switch off. <laughs> uh, what was i gonna say to her but what else is really amazing about her fa- amazing <laughs> her fame what's wrong with me i think i'm getting nervous you remember joe jonas and the queen of the north how they went through that situation. Sophie Turner. Yep, Sophie Turner. Her, her and Sophie Turner were already friends. But Sophie Turner hanging out with her publicly during that situation amped her up even more. Yeah, the like, Swifties are gonna are gonna, they're gonna rally for you. Yeah. Everyone rallies for you. That's what I'm saying. This woman at the moment, if she became Muslim, it would end all wars. Oh my I'm god. I'm telling you. If Taylor Swift became Muslim, end all wars. The Swifties would basically Wallahi! <laughs> and all war. The Ukraine and Russia war would stop. Everything <laughs> would stop. There would be peace on earth. There would be peace in the Middle East. Wallahi! <laughs> the child won't even come. I'm joking. Stop. If we've conquered, if we've conquered. <laughs> he won't even come. No one, no one, no one is going to basically believe the child. Shaydan's going to be like, rah, I didn't even expect that one. Yeah, like, that one was what a curveball. <laughs> like, what happened? <laughs> Imagine we had to force Taylor to not do music with Nasheeds. I just don't know why it gets better than this. It made my head and then first feel it. No, I'm sorry. If Taylor Swift became Muslim, yeah, can you just imagine? It would just be like... It would just like peace on earth. <laughs> World peace. Just women would be just one, number one to women. That's all I'm saying. Women are up one. Women, city girls are up for <laughs> life. <laughs> Literally. Until Jannah. Literally. <laughs> oh my God, I watched this clip the other day of this girl. I think her name's Nadira. She's just so funny. She was talking oh, about yeah, no, it. <laughs> she basically was talking. Guys, you need to watch this clip. I need to find a way to like attach it. But she was talking about what's like the first thing you're doing when you get to Jannah. <laughs> she <laughs> was like, I'm popping Molly. <laughs> And I had to think for a minute. I said, Damn. Yeah, you can do that. That's I true. Like, yeah. She goes, it's not Adam. She said, I'm getting waves. She goes, I'm having a party. <laughs> like, she goes, I'm having parties after parties. And then I'd go look for my family. And I just thought about <laughs> that. We actually can do whatever we want. In it. Like, I'm getting a 360 closure up to my ass in my hair. Why am I even getting a closure? I'm gonna say, give me long 360 hair. We're just gonna, it's gonna be like click and your hair's and long. I'm jet black hair, that's what I want. Down to my ass. Down to my ass, to my tiptoes. Everything we couldn't do here, I'm doing over there. Literally, <laughs> I'm gonna be like, I want I want to wear that 20 season, summer 24 Versace dress. I'm wearing that Kylie Jenner dress. <gasps> oh, oh my God, God. Kylie Jenner. How incredible. Guys, how? Where, where was she going again? The Noor. It looks like she prayed she salat. Was, well, I've just never t- seen a body like that in my life. I definitely think she was wearing those skims. Yeah, the things, thi- the things that, that make that the hips, in. that suck you in, but also- But just the proportion of her body, her in that dress, everything about it was near enough perfection. I'm just saying when surgery's done right, that's, that's, that's Kylie, Kylie, Kylie Jenner. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't even, I don't even blame her. Now, when I go to Jannah, I'm You don't even I'm need surgery. I'm asking for that surgeon. Why you need we surgery? We don't need you surgery. Don't need surgery. <laughs> In Jannah, you're just gonna be like, I wanna look like Kylie Jenner. Boom. Boom. 
literally just want the body the body i just want the body i just want like the hip to like whatever ratio whatever ratio she had going on i want that oh my god i just want my hyperpigmentation to go away and i want the dress oh my god wouldn't that be nice that dress oh my god i need to know where she was going i'm googling this because kylie she was going to a show she was going to some sheer parapel look at that it's it's taylor oh it's taylor it's taylor at the football we love Taylor. I think she was going to. Uh, I really want to go to Fashion Week, but I'm just not a fashion girly. But I just, wanna, it I was just the, want to. It fashion was Week. Shia, Shia Pirelli. What is that? What Sarah, Sarah Pirelli. Shia Pirelli. We're not really fashion girls. <laughs> but don't you want to tick going to a fashion show off your box? Like, she looks so beautiful. May Allah bless her. Um, she looks incredible. We don't want iron for her. No, we don't yeah, want yeah, iron yeah, for yeah, anyone. Yeah, Lauren Barrick. Yeah, she does look incredible. Now. Kim and Courtney. Oh my God. Kim, Kim and Courtney. Courtney. The thing is, yeah, the, what I don't understand about this, do you know you know when I think about keeping up with, our, with the Kardashians, obviously there's an element of like dramatizing certain things and creating drama for the purposes of the show. So we don't know for certain. I mean, obviously in the previous season, they were tussling, the girls were tussling. The girls were tussling. The wedding and all of that. Mm. But then in this season, we've got suddenly this new drama based on them having watched the edits and then being angry at each other again. Now, my first question is, is this real? I think it's real. And I think Courtney has been upset with Kim for a very long time. Now, mm. we don't know the ins and outs of why. I'm assuming it's the silly beef. Yeah. But like, <laughs> one thing one of the TikTok girlies was saying, how they went back on Travis's, is that his name? Yeah. Travis's, there's so many Travis's in America. Oh my God, it's like. Really? It's a very common what's name. What's the UK version of Travis? Jack. Yeah, like it's a very <laughs> Jack name, do you know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, so Travis wrote a book in 2015, and in that book he revealed how he had a crush on Kim Kardashian, and how they were talking, and oh. he invited her back to oh. the yard. They didn't do anything in the house, but like there was a period of time where they were courting, they were talking, he was really infatuated with her, and she was calling him saying like, I really need to see you, things like that. It's all in the book, guys. In 2015, this book was written. Now I know why Courtney has an issue. So like to me, <laughs> the question to me is to you is, would you date someone that was like chatting to your sibling on that level? Like, unless it was ages ago. Absolutely hell to the mother beep. No, it's just a bit mad. That's crazy. Cause Every time he's in the room and Kim's there, I'm gonna be thinking. But like he wants her. Yeah. I'm gonna be thinking whenever they- No, what about he wants her? Imagine they like just glance at each other. Courtney's gonna go mental. So to me, I don't know if it's about that, but also, I don't know. I feel like Courtney just wants to have her shine. I like her, yeah, her glow whole, up moment. The whole thing is just about her wanting some of the limelight. Yeah. That's what I think it is. But I just think Kim's a main character. You can't, I don't know what to do for you. Some people have got the- It's like you had Andre Benelli sing at your wedding. I had Andre Benelli sing at my wedding. You know what I mean? Like, did, did I copy you? That's what she says. But to me, I just feel like Kim has just got that Genesis question. She's, She's got, got the Genesis question. Like, well, lie, she does. You can tell from the camera, even the way she talks. If Kim was looking at me, I would feel shy. She looks like <sighs> she's a flirt. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I would feel shy. I would feel shy. I wouldn't know what to do with myself. But Kim has that sort of chemistry. Mm. Like, have you ever met someone that just like- She like commands a room. Quite you know what, what I found really um, funny the other day, I was watching her just walking down a runway to go and sit down in her seat. And apparently, um, what's her name? Anna Wintour 
doesn't like acknowledge her. So mm. I'm thinking like, what's going on I between know. Kim and Vogue at the moment? Mm. But I mean, there's a lot happening in Vogue apparently. Is there? And the British Vogue guy, what's his name? Edward, Edward Enningfield. Yeah, he? he stepped down. He's going to take like a more global role. Mm. And people felt like, why do I know all this tea? And then it's TikTok. And then people felt like he, because Anna has been holding the fort for US Vogue for a long time. Mm. And basically, I actually get all my information from TikTok. It's crazy. <laughs> but basically, <laughs> Vogue US is like the epitome of fashion. Mm -hmm. It's like the, it's up the hierarchy of what, if you get to be creative director of Vogue US, like you've made it basically. Yeah. yeah. And everyone thought Anna Wintour was going to be stepping down soon. Well, so Edward could go in that so role. So Edward could go in that role. But then no, they made some changes around and, and gave Edward some global role. Right. To, which is, I think, Better, better paid and has more recognition for what he does. Mm. And now the new British Vogue creative director or editor, is that what it is? I don't know. Is It's a black woman actually from- Oh, again? Yeah, it's a- Black Squared. Black Squared. So it's a black woman. She currently hosts the Vogue podcast. But anyway, the beef right now is people in the fashion industry basically think the type of work that Vogue US is delivering is subpar to what all the other Vogues in the other countries are doing. As in like, it's not as good? It's not as good. They're, they're choosing very mid-tone American type of style mm. of like how they do things. The all-American girl. Basically, no offense to Emma Watson, like a picture of Emma Watson in like a medi, like a midi sort of outfit, you get it? Whereas British Vogue- British is, Vogue is, is, bringing is okay. Diversity. It's, it's bringing diversity, but like, these smaller Vogue's like Vogue Italy, Vogue Korea, Vogue Malaysia, Arabia. they are Vogue Arabia even. They are eating their creative concept to just do a shoot and their covers are their 1010 at the moment. So uh, yeah, people are just thinking like, what's going on? Has US Vogue fallen off? Did US Vogue ever, did US Yeah, Vogue like US Vogue is the epitome. That's what I'm saying. No, but like, then, like did they ever do really quirky fun yeah. stuff before? I think they did before, but they've kind of, it's always kind of been middle America for a while and then in the 90s it kind of diversified and the 2000 diversified like now it's kind of come back to similar tones of what used to be before whereas like it's a bit redneck no i wouldn't say redneck they still have <laughs> some sort of diversity but it's just like it's not it's not popping yeah. like the other vogues in the other fine, countries fine. like china japan they're coming up with some yeah 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 but you know the creativeness is like, just the, they're popping the juice, at the moment the juices are flowing i'm mm. just saying even what's it called vogue arabia their concepts are mad like they're sick so they're, yeah. what, they're saying that like US Vogue's a bit stale? It's a bit stale at the moment. They weren't like a redirection. That's what the chatter in the TikTok space is basically so saying. So what's, what's Anna Wintour airing Kim Kardashian got to do with all of that? I don't think it's got anything to do with it. I oh. don't know if she aired her. We don't we know. We don't know. Sure, I mean, either. Kim's been on Vogue so many times. Do you know what I mean? And like b Kim being a reality star and being on Vogue is such... Yeah, like no. a big thing. Yeah. Not a lot of rest people get on that. No, I remember when she first hit the Vogue covers, everyone was saying, I think it was like the first time a reality TV star had been on the cover of Vogue. Yeah. So, and everyone was just like, wow. Like, yeah, obviously, like, a lot of people were hating from the sidelines, of course. But we have to give it to Kim. She's got, a business lady. I, I love Kim Kardashian. Well, she's a business, she's very business savvy. But back to the beef between her and Courtney now. So Kim's little liners during that talk. Obviously, you know what? I felt like she was handling it quite well. I thought I was, I was watching that and I thought Kim is actually handling this quite well. Courtney's being highly emotional, but at the same time, 
Kim is also very toxic. Yeah, you can just yeah, tell. Yeah, you can tell. So are you not? Uh, I just feel like you're not happy. Are you not happy talking? And also, like the comment about the group chat, like that. Oh, that is oh my god! So wait, for those of you who don't know, Kim said to Courtney during the conversation that they'd created a, a group chat with all her friends, all of Courtney's friends, called not Courtney. Without Courtney. Without in the Courtney chat. in it. So it's like anti Courtney talking about why Courtney's such a cow. Which That's is a actually mad. evil. That's actually mad. That's She's actually like, very you know, horrible. Me and all your friends are so worried about you. Like, you know what I mean? That's how she's talking to yeah. her. Like, that's actually a wild thing to say to your sibling. Yeah, yeah. No, Kim is very toxic. She's very toxic. But I also think she's throwing mad jabs. It's very personal. And also, why would you? Why would you even air that out? You've got another chat. So I think C Courtney is valid. That you know what mm, I mean. For she's that situation, valid to yeah. call her a narcissist. Not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even in their paycheck. Why do I care? Why do I care? Do you know what I mean? I'm not on their pay category. I'm a, I'm a simple girl I would living love in to London. have been a fly on the wall when they were watching the edits, though. I know. I know. I definitely... I w also want to be a fly on the wall when the cameras aren't rolling. Mm. To see what, we, what, what, what they, they really say. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, in London, some mad-ish has been happening. Mm. So we've got the 15-year-old girl. What was her name? I don't know. Was she named? Yeah. Let me get her name. She's not been, oh, she has been named because her family was crying. Yeah, so a 15-year-old girl was stabbed on a bus in Croydon. <laughs> now. God rest her soul. Yeah, I mean. She's a little girl. I've got the tea on that. What happened? So obviously this isn't common knowledge. And I don't know if I'm going to be perverting the course of justice by say this. But I know what You're happened. You're scaring me. I know what happened because my little sister, obviously, you know, young, these young kids, they just have the tea. Everything gets, gets shared on Snapchat. They just know things that we don't know. Okay. Anyway, so I was talking to my sister about this and she was like, no, nah, Katon is actually crazy. I said, oh what? My God. I was like, what happened? And she was like, the boy that did the stabbing, right? He's come on the bus now. In one hand, my man has a machete. In the other, he's got a bouquet of flowers. What? Wait, Allah, this is what my sister said to me. And obviously I don't know how true this is, but this is what she said. So he's got a machete in one hand, a bouquet of flowers in the other. Now his intentions for coming on that bus were, if the girl that I love rejects me, then I have no choice but to use a machete. If, however, she doesn't reject me, bouquet of flowers. Now, the girl's rejected him. Does she not see the machete? I don't think, I'm, I'm not sure. Because obviously if you're coming on a bus, you don't want other people to see that, yeah, so it must yeah, have been true, hidden. True, true, true. But he came on that bus with both a bouquet and a machete. Okay. Anyway, so what's happened is there was an altercation. The girl, obviously, I don't think she liked the guy like that. He's used the machete. So he's, he's gone with the machete. The girl's friend protects her from being stabbed. She gets stabbed. Oh, so the girl was the friend. The girl was the friend. The one that died was the friend. She oh was helping her friend. Oh my God. Now imagine, that little girl has to live with the fact that her friend has basically been killed because of her. It's not her, it's because of him. Well, it's because of him, of course, but then she's gonna obviously feel, feel guilty. so guilty yeah, and yeah, think it's yeah. because of her. Now, like, that's what happened. If anyone can corroborate this story, please let me know, but that's, that's what the kids are saying at the moment. Right. Um, well, uh, we've Harvest just told me now that this information is now widely available on the TikTok. It is, yeah. But that's and insane. Well. Is that not insane? But to me, it's insane. I don't know who's raising this little young man. I don't know why he has these ideas. But listen to this. Listen to this. Do you remember the other day when we were on the podcast talking about men who cannot take rejection? Yes. 
Exhibit A. Exhibit bloody A. One got bricked in the face, another one's getting stabbed harder. It's not safe out here. Now, girls. And he's 17. Girls, do not be rejecting these men in public places. Don't be. No, because she's on a, she's a little girl she's going to school years old. on a bus. What can she do? Just she doesn't even know no and yes. She probably doesn't even have the capacity to, to, to even adjust the situation. She's probably on that bus laughing. Get, do you remember when you were 15? I was a dumb little 15-year-old. With just a kiki. smart mouth. Yeah, with a smart mouth, kiki and ha-ha-ying. Do you think so I there's a guy that I didn't like? You'll just be rude. Yeah. And like, you won't think twice about your rudeness. You won't think twice about the repercussions. Now, this girl's frontal lobe was not fully developed. She was probably giving it that, I don't like you like that. Or We don't even know what she's saying. We don't know what she's saying. But you know what I mean? You know what I mean? But like, a 15-year-old girl will just have a smart mouth. I'm just saying, like, no 15-year-old should be put in that position. No, no way. It's crazy. The streets ain't safe. Girls, stop rejecting men. Just give the number. At this point, just give your number to him. But I read somewhere that he was he was, he was was talking to her for a while and he was chatting to her. I don't know if he was stalking her or whatever, but, like, I don't know, man. So what leads someone, if they're talking to somebody for, for a while, how did he come to the conclusion that morning and say, I'm going to both take... A bouquet of flowers and a machete and get on the bus. How does that work? That's so crazy. That's a crazy thing to do. But some people on this earth are very, very sadistic. It's just really sad that a young girl. And that friend, that poor friend, like she, yeah, she's had literally, to, like, had how to pay. that is such a brave thing to do to just help your friend like that? You know that. But that, that one girl literally died because a man's ego. Couldn't, he a man's couldn't handle ego. it. 17 years old, he couldn't handle it. Why don't you go chat to someone? Just go get some, like, go on bloody holiday. Domarka is scared off. Why do little boys just get so... Why is, like, the be one end all life? Girls. Why is rejection the worst thing that can happen to Why, at 17 years old, are you thinking about girls? Are you not, should you not be thinking about your books? It's this Andrew Tate era. It's these red pill kids that they're raising. It's too much. Who's that guy that's, like, always on TikTok and YouTube? And he's pretty. And he recently turned Muslim. I think you know the name. You've said this to me before. He recently turned Muslim? Yeah, and he's like mixed race. Am I a fan of him? No. Oh, do I None of it? us are. <laughs> and he's like, he's in the Andrew Tate circle. Oh, you guys probably know. Anyway, he lives in America. He does this Twitch stuff. So he was recently walking and like these kids came up to him, like 11 years old, 11, 12 years old. And they were like, oh, let's take a video. And then in the while, while, while they're taking a video with him, yeah, they're like, fuck girls. Da-da-da, girls. Da-da-da. And he's like, whoa, 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 why are you saying that? Whoa, They're just, just creating an army but of misogynistic little boys. But it's like these red pill, evil little kids. Like, that's who they're creating to have these misogynistic ideas about women. And women are property. Women are this. We're like, you, if she doesn't give you this, you've got to like, yeah. relax. It's not that deep. But that, that's insane. Like, my fear is raising an incel. That is my worst fear. I've got two boys, guys. My worst fear is raising two little incels. Like, that is my worst fear. I feel that for you as well. I know. I <laughs> literally... Do you know why I shower those kids with so much love? I have to. I have to. Oh, but they're like, it'll get off me. Get off me. I, I don't, don't like, like girls. Ah! Got on panics when they say, I don't like girls. I'm like, no, 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 no. Girls, you can like girls. <laughs> no, but they're at that age. It's okay. But it's just, it's insane to me. Like, subhanAllah. Yeah. There's like, young boys that think, like, I can just... Like, fuck women. Yeah, I can Mind just kill, I can just unalive a woman because like she they probably me. don't think unalive, but it, like it's small things that lead but, to that. But though. it's like in the moment they're probably when they get rejected, I can just imagine the blood boiling, the frenzy, yeah, yeah, yeah. which just leads them to do some crazy things. Sometimes, you know, in the instance of that little girl and Corey, then 
unalive. Exactly. Does it need to get to that? And also, like, it just leads me to think, like, why at 17 years old are you invested in one girl? Emotionally invested in one girl. Whatever happened she to you? She was in year 10, maybe year 11. Wallahi, that is so She didn't even sad. do her GCSEs. That is so sad. Oh, may Allah rest her soul. I mean. Right, guys. Anyway, something positive, something positive. Guys, we've got something fun planned. So me and Colton are always talking about holidays, right? And this time, when we're about to go see Miss Taylor Swift, can I just say, afterwards we are going on a group holiday. This holiday we planned. Basically, in our group, there's 10 of us. Here, inshallah, if Allah makes it will, is the biggest group holiday of our lives that you can imagine. We're all turning 30 and we want to turn 30 and flirty somewhere in hot. style. In style. I want to treat myself. 30 years I've been on this I want to be on a secluded beach, on a yacht, Literally. shaking my ass like Nella says. Mm. But like, obviously we can't really. With no eyes, with no men around us. No, yeah, obviously, okay. and secluded. I say secluded. Secluded Muslim, you, you guys, you, you know the difficulties of being a Muslim woman on holiday. Anyway, I want to have fun. I, wanna I don't want to wear a Lyra swimsuit. <laughs> I want to wear a bikini. <laughs> I want to wear a bikini. But like, I want to have fun. I want to enjoy myself. I want to be with my friends. And I want to have that like last big holiday before everyone like gets on with their lives. Do you know mm. what I mean? So basically we've planned the group holiday. We've planned it with the group chat. And now we've got the perfect app to help us save money. So you guys remember back in the day how your mums used to do Hegbeds or Ayuta? Basically most cultures have this way of saving guys. So in our language, basically it's a money saving scheme where it's interest free and like a group of people basically come together and then they put an amount of money and then each month someone takes the money that the group has saved and then it goes around until everyone gets all the savings and then every and then the hagbed for that year is done. Everyone eats basically. Everyone eats, everyone gets their money and Somali moms have been flourishing with saving lots of money through our pockets. Oh my God, I remember a time my mom, when I first got a job, she put me in a 200, 250, was it 250 pound hagbed and I got like 6K and she took half. You're <laughs> I was fuming. She goes, I put the work in. I was like, all right then. I think I think I was in one once that was like a hundred pounds. Yeah. And it was with like my work colleagues. Really? Yeah. The thing with Hagbed is obviously the more money you put in, the more obviously money that you you're out. gonna take so out. Like, but, but the thing is, it's not a case where you're getting more money out. It's what you essentially put in, but you're getting like what everyone puts in in one go. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So like me and Colton, let's say there's ten of us. We each put five hundred you can calculate it everyone gets the amount the total of the 10 people if that makes sense like every month every month and it's great because when you're like really low one month mm. suddenly it's your turn to take the hegbed and you're like ding 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 and it's always best to take the hegbed last because whatever you've basically been saving just comes back to you as a whole yeah as well as if you take it first it's a bit more difficult because well, if you take it first you're going to be paying back back what you've spent what you've spent for the rest of the month yeah oh, like the rest of the year which is a bit long mm, but so usually middle middle to end or last is the best yeah and you can use hug beds for anything for buying a car for re renovating your house for going on a married. holiday like us if you're getting married <laughs> your mum can get you that gold actually he should be getting you the gold but yeah oh, I can't believe you just said but that. you know your mum can treat you you know you never know 
You never know, Cotton. <laughs> anyway, so this app that we're talking about is called Bloom App. So they, the lovely people at the Bloom Circle app, have created a digital version of what you know as Hegbed or Ayuta. So people know all around the world by different names, such as Jamia and Partner and Ayuta, etc. So if you guys, you let me know what you guys know it as. Anyway, so you need about five to ten people in your circle in the Bloom app. It's super easy to set up. If you want to create your own circle, you name the circle and you add a photo. So like us, our group chat is called The Girls Trip and it's got a cute little photo of us. So if you're going on a girls trip like us, you might call yourself a girls trip, upload a photo of your destination and of your friends. And then the circle creator, so myself, you choose how many people you want in the circle, including yourself, and how much you want to pay in and how often you want to pay in. And then you choose your start date and you share with your friends. And it's such a happy way to save money and do it in a fun way with your friends, so why not? Yeah, instead of having to worry about the hassle of paying for things there and then. I know. Imagine suddenly the the, the Hagbed, it's like your turn to take the head, but everyone's eating. Everyone's eating. You can use the Bloom app for so many different things. If you're going on the holiday and you wanna just save your money together as one. Yeah, or everyone can just, you know what you can put, you can basically, all the friends in the circle can put money together so each person pays and it's like when you're on the holiday, boom, that's a nice bit of spending money. You don't need to worry about the cab. You don't need to worry about food. No. It's all there. And you've done it and everyone's working together. So why don't you guys try and follow the Bloom app now? Download it from the App Store. So I think it's called Bloom Money on the App Store. Yeah, it's called Bloom Money on the App Store. So typically what they do is they charge a 4% fee for the money that is moving between the circles. So like, for example, the 4% fees apply to each paying transaction. This means if you select a paying amount that is £100 per month, the amount taken out of each person's bank account will be 104 to pay off the 4% fee, which they're really thinking about reducing. But at the moment, guys, we've got an amazing code. It says oversharers, which will get you your first pay-in free. So get to downloading Blue Money app and start downloading the Hagbed money. Start going on those trip scales, I'm just saying. Imagine you guys use the Bloom app and each month someone- Imagine you guys buy a house with the Bloom app. Wouldn't that be amazing? But what I'm saying is, wouldn't it be nice as a treat for someone in the group every month? Because we're all going through seasonal depression that we save, let's say 250, I know that's a stretch, but whatever. And then, those 10 people buy someone a bag each month. <laughs> no, that's nice, but it's I like- I that'd be so nice. But it's, that's nice, but also, you know, in the in the era of just high interest rates at the moment, mortgages, no one really wants to do a mortgage, obviously, because no. it's haram in that, yeah. But I'm thinking, you guys go halves in a cheeky little buy to let somewhere remote, yeah. rent it out, everyone's eating. Do you know what I mean? And it would be, and your money's all saved Or even if you wanted to buy somewhere overseas, the block of flats in Nairobi, for instance. That's my dream. My mm. gated, my gated community. A gated community with my friends. You a could plot use. of land somewhere in I don't know South Korea. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, there is endless use with the Bloom Money app. So try and download it, guys. Use our code Oversharers and let us know how we get along. Me and Colton have created our circle. You guys need to create yours. Shall I tell you what my, my biggest, like the biggest bane of my life is with this friendship group? What? is the bloody birthday. <laughs> oh my God. 
Guess what? My 30th, guys, can I just say, yeah, in a big group, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I need to elaborate people know, on this. People like Colton get good birthdays because her birthday is in the summer. It's in August. And it's we're sunny. always on holiday. Everyone's on holiday. Every single birthday for this girl, we've been on holiday. New York, Kenya. What else? <laughs> I've had enough. But for people like me, the Scorpio Queen's born in November when it's dreary, depressing and raining. Nothing happens for our birthday. That's not true. They all get what the, they give they us get, some dead birthdays. They get I'm birthday parties. They get presents. They get no, the whole works. But my issue <laughs> is there are so many people in this group. It's like there's a birthday every month or every other month. It started again now. Yeah, and you know, especially during like the autumnal months, October to January. There's hell. so many birthdays. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like. I want to be treated special. It's my 30th birthday. These are talking about we're going to Paris for my birthday. Yeah, I am. You went to New York for your birthday. I don't go to New York for my birthday. It just so happens to be my birthday when I have in New York. And you know what I always do, guys? Another thing that I always do is I make sure holiday plans are around the time. Exactly. And guess what? What did we do for her birthday? We spent like £800 in that godforsaken place called Ton. But we oh, had fun. We had a great time. We had a great time. So I'm just saying. It's okay, we're going Paris. Paris. You better make Paris, Paris happen, I'm just saying. Paris, 24 hours for my third I'm not a leader, guys. I'm not a leader. Hopefully one of the leaders will make Paris happen. Look, my you. closest friend is saying she's not a leader after I no, left guys, her I don't, birthday. No guys, I never planned the birthday parties. <sighs> selfish. It's not selfish, it's just not my thing. I don't like to plan. There are certain people in the group that like to plan. There's a planner, there's a planner. There's a planet. Okay, guys, I've got a story for you. Today, we're going to change it up, okay? Anyway, guys, have we got a scenario for you? Something a little bit different on the podcast this time. We're not doing relationships. We're not doing trifling men. We're not doing none of that. No, we're doing trifling women. Now let's whoa, go. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> let's go. Right, guys, scenario number one. This situation happened in Nebraska. Right, the Nebraska mechanics romance turns into real life fatal attraction. Oh, dear. With deadly consequences. Are Trigger you ready? warning. Dave, Kari, and Liz, those are the names you need to cool, remember. Cool, cool, right, cool, cool. so Dave thought he found a great match until he soon found himself in a real life fatal attraction situation more bizarre than anyone could know. It began in the fall of 2012 when Dave was struck by a gorgeous woman who came to his auto repair shop to get her SUV fixed. There were sparks between the pair, but Dave was at work representing his company and didn't feel like he could make a move. Mm. But weeks later, when he stumbled upon the same woman on a dating site, he reached out to her and learned her name was Kari. Ooh. When Kari returned to her auto repair shop soon after, the pair exchanged numbers and made plans to grab dinner. Dave says, we were very, I would say, entrailed with each other. Enthralled. Let me start again. <laughs> <laughs> you can see why that I would make that mistake. Entrailed. <laughs> I mean, you could see it. You forgot the H. 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 Was it enthralled? Yeah. I'm so fresh. So he goes, we were, I would say, very enthralled with each other. Is that the word? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Guys, I can't read. So Dave basically, and then they went on their first date. They agreed to go back to his apartment, but just after they arrived, Dave's ex-girlfriend Liz 
showed up to collect some of her stuff. While it made for an awkward few moments, Dave said that Kari didn't seem phased by it. She told him that it was not a big deal and just told him to call her when everything was resolved or sorted out. When Dave called her later, she invited him to her place. But before the romance turned physical, Kari cautioned that she wasn't looking for a serious relationship. Dave felt as though he had hit the powerball because he felt exactly the same way. Mm. Bear in mind, Dave just came out of a divorce, everyone. So he didn't want to have a serious relationship. And Kari just met him and she didn't want to have a serious relationship. Fair. Okay? Yeah. I can see why they didn't mm. work. Feeling now as though he had met a kindred spirit, the romance between Kari, a single mom at the time, and Dave started to grow. He said that she was extremely intelligent and she was much smarter than him and he was really happy with her. Kari worked close to Dave's apartment as a computer programmer and the pair began to regularly meet up at his place. A few weeks into the relationship, she told Dave that she had this big project at work and asked to stay at his place for a few days rather than drive an hour back to her place each night in the country. The romance was going so well, Dave began to reconsider his no commitment rule. But hours just after leaving her at his apartment in early November 2012, he was surprised to get a text from Kari asking whether he thought they should move in together. Oh, I know. When Dave shot down the suggestion, the tone of the relationship quickly shifted. He goes, as soon as I text her back, I get a text back saying, fine, I don't ever want to see you again. Go away. Wait, um, wait, 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 wait. Kari's just said, let's move in together. Yeah. So he said, nah, like, it's moving too fast. Even though he was reconsidering the whole commitment thing. Yeah. She just threw something at him. Right. And then when he said, when he said to her, when he texted her, obviously the tone of the conversation changed, the relationship changed. So he said, as soon as I text her back, I get a text back saying, fine, I don't ever want to see you again. Go away. I'm dating somebody else. I hate you. And on and on and on. Kari said this. Yeah, Dave said. What? He initially believed that was the end of it. But in the days and weeks and then years to come, Dave began receiving a series of bizarre and threatening texts and emails from accounts linked to Kari. What? Some even focused on his ex-girlfriend, Liz. Remember the lady that was picking mm, up her mm. stuff? Liz is going to come into this story. I know it. He goes, the texts he's receiving from her is, she's a whore. You shouldn't be with someone like that. This is Kari referencing Liz. Oh, did Dave and Liz get back together? No, they didn't. But he's, she's just talking about him. Right? So if you're following, guys, they were dating. He wa She wanted something a bit more serious. She wanted to move in with him. He said, nah, I'm not feeling that. So she's left him and then she started stalking him and sending him mad texts. So now it's been three years, okay? Three years of just abuse from Kari. Yeah. Dave seemed to be, so she goes, Kari seemed to be watching Dave send all these messages telling him that she still had a spare key to his apartment and often letting herself in when he wasn't home. The harassment seemingly extended to Liz as well, who told police she discovered the words whore from Dave painted on the wall of her garage. It seemed that Kari even created a fake obituary for Liz. <gasps> Whoa, this girl's <laughs> crazy. Kari's family were also concerned. Kari had initially told her mum Nancy and teenage son Max that she was going to spend a few days in Omaha with a man named Dave so that she could be closer to work. Yet just days later, Nancy, her mum, got her own set of bizarre messages from Kari saying that she had quit her job and was suddenly moving from her home 
in Iowa to Kansas City. Nancy, the mum said, it was totally off the wall. Nancy knew her daughter struggled with bipolar disorder, but she had been taking medication and doing well. She was in a very good place, she said. I mean, she had been for a very long time. As the months slipped away, Kari failed to show up to family events, including her father's funeral, or call any of her family members despite their pleas, choosing instead to only communicate on occasion through electronic means. What's wrong with Kari? Her son goes, I wasn't sure what was going on, but I just knew something was wrong. Nancy had filed a missing persons report with the county sheriff's office, but initially authorities felt that there was nothing they could do about a grown woman who had simply chosen to drop off out of her life. To the police, Kari had become a disturbed stalker, but authorities in either states were still unable to physically speak to Kari, although she had texted detectives asking to be left alone. The harassment towards Dave was only intensifying. In one message, Kari claimed to have kidnapped Liz. In another, she said she was planning to move in to a building in Dave's same apartment complex. Kari's even mad. Then the winter... Dave found Kari's SUV abandoned in the parking lot of the apartment complex. What is going on? Authorities <laughs> impounded it and discovered that the vehicle was mostly clean except for a mint container in the cup holder with an unknown fingerprint. On the 17th of August 2013, Liz frantically called Dave to say her house had been set on fire and her pets, including two dogs and a cat and a pet snake, all perished <gasps> in the blaze. Oh my God, that's crazy. Don't tell me it was Kari. These are the text messages that she's getting. She goes, I'm not lying. I set that nasty hall's house on fire, a message from an account oh. linked to Kari Red. Oh. I hope that whore and oh. her kids die in it. Okay. Okay, what, happened to, what happened to Kari? I know, I know. It gets worse, Carlton. For a while, the harassment brought Dave and Liz closer together and the pair rekindled their romance. Dave repeatedly tried to change his phone number and moved into council and moved into council bluffs in February 2015 to try and escape the abuse. But then the romance between Dave and Liz was dying down and the harassment seemed to be tampering off. Except Dave discovered one day that one of his guns had gone missing and someone stolen that stolen one of his guns from his apartment. Around the same time in April 2015, a detective by the name of Ryan and an investigator named Jim became intrigued with the case and questioned whether Kari, who had continued to elude authorities and her family for years, was alive after all. The pair decided to approach the investigation through two unique lenses. While Avis would work with the case as Kari was dead, the other one would work the case as if she was alive. So they were trying to basically understand what the hell's going on from two different perspectives. Mm. There's things that would lead us to both conclusions. He goes, you know, she's still active sending text messages and sending pictures, so maybe she's alive. But she's also missed so many significant events and she hasn't been physically seen by anybody. They started back at square one, diving into the mountains of digital evidence. I bet evidence. it's not even Kari. <laughs> it's wait. not Kari, is it? I just, I just know Kari's just got wait. nothing to do with this. They My started. girl Kari, no way. <laughs> There's, something's going on, something's amiss. 
They started back at square one, diving into mountains of digital evidence and records. Investigators would finally get the break that they needed when Avis noticed Liz in station one day. She was filing a harassment report, but this time it wasn't against Kari. It was against Dave's ex-girlfriend and the mother of his two children. Her name is Amy. Liz. Wait, wait, wait. I thought Liz was the ex-girlfriend. So Liz is another ex-girlfriend, but this is another ex-ex-girlfriend. Well, yeah, Dave, he's been around the block, hasn't he? <laughs> but this is the mother of his children, basically. So Amy's the mother of his kids. Yeah. And then Liz was the person after. So the divorce is centers on him and Amy. Yeah, I'm assuming. And then Liz was just someone in between, and then Kari came along. Yeah. Right. So Dave claimed, no, sorry, so Liz claimed Amy had also been stalking her on Facebook and said that she started to realise that maybe Kari had never been stalking her and Dave at all. Liz did all of this, she wants her man back. She suggested that the culprit had really been Amy who disguised herself as Kari. What? <laughs> she goes, like I said, they only dated for two weeks and I don't understand why a person would still be stalking him almost three years later. Liz said in an interview with Avis, she goes, I would find it more reasonable to believe that his kid's mum is the one that's doing the stalking. So she thinks Kari is Amy disguised. Yeah. She thinks Kari didn't do any of this. She thinks it's Amy because she's thinking Kari's only dated this guy for two weeks. Why would she be obsessed with him for three years? That's what she's saying. Right. And Amy is the mother's, his mother's children. He's got Who two kids probably with her. feels wronged by Dave. Okay. Possibly. Continue on. Just one day later, the case would take another stunning turn when Liz placed a frantic 911 call reporting that she'd been shot in the leg at a big lake park. She suggested her attacker had been Amy, but investigators would, re would reach another entirely different conclusion. It's Kari. After diving into evidence, investigators began to put the pieces together in a baffling case. They too determined that Kari had never been the one stalking Dave <gasps> and believed that she had likely been killed by the real corporate back in 2012 oh. while she was staying in Dave's home. My God. I is know. it Dave? Is Dave the one doing this? I just need to know. <laughs> who is? Who just wait! <laughs> who is the perpetrator? They found evidence suggesting Liz, not Amy, had been the one impersonating Kari all these years in a jealous attempt to win Dave's affection. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I've got questions about that. How does Kari become Liz? Can I finish and then you'll find out? All right, okay. So investigators found Liz's fingerprint on the mint container in Kari's abandoned car that they were able to determine that the bizarre and threatening messages had originated from Liz herself. Liz was arrested for Kari's murder in December of 2016. The best part of it was being able to go into Nancy and tell her, so Kari's mum, and tell her we've arrested somebody for the murder of her daughter. While the case was mostly circumstantial at the point, just before it ever went to trial, investigators would uncover a memory card linked to Liz that contained a disturbing photo. The photo appeared to show the foot of a dead body with the same distinctive <gasps> tattoo Kari had on her foot. No. With the help of new evidence, Liz was convicted and sentenced to life behind bars. Oh my God. So Liz was the one that was... She so was the ringleader. Liz, she was the puppet master the whole time. So Liz... So they believe that Liz killed Kari after that discussion that her and Dave had about her moving in. So she killed her 
and then disguised oh. herself as Kari for so the last three years. So she's taken her phone. She's taken her phone. She disguised herself as Kari for the last three years and has basically been harassing Dave and her family and everyone. And Dave hasn't seen Kari. And He's Dave just hasn't been seen receiving Kari. He's abuse. just been receiving these text messages. And then Liz made it look like Kari was stalking her. To make Kari seem like the But bad Liz guy. burnt her own house down, killed her pets, shot herself in the leg just to cover this whole thing up. Wow, Liz is kind of smart, you know. Liz is scary. Mm. Yeah, Poor Dave. I can't believe I thought it was Dave at one point. Yeah, you were really into this story. Yeah. Why should we do true crime more often? I think we should. I really like this story. But look, what I don't understand is the fingerprint situation. So when Dave found the car, that's the only bit that I didn't get. That they found his car in his apartment complex. So I don't know whether he moved or... Like he went back to the house and realized that her car was parked up in that place. Mm, mm, mm. So I'm assuming for three years was that car parked up. I don't get it. it and then the it other was like an abandoned yeah. SUV. And then the other thing is in that abandoned FCV, everything was clean apart from this mint container that had this unknown fingerprint. But later on, when they interviewed and investigated Liz, they found out that it was her fingerprint. Mm. And then. All of that was circumstantial, so they couldn't put her in prison for that because it was just them putting two and two together. But then when they found the SD card with the memory, but apparently I looked at other footage from TikTok and like other data, she actually took a picture of the dead body. So it wasn't the foot, it was the whole body. Do you know these killers always snitch on themselves? And then she deleted the footage, but they were able to recover the footage of the image. And that's how they basically convicted her. Crazy, right? I just she 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 became sloppy when she took the picture of Kari's dead body. She was probably thinking, "Yeah, I've got her." Like, yeah, boom. And they imagine the Kari's been dead all these years. And that's the thing that's wounded you. That's like put you in prison now for life. I know. Imagine Kari's been sloppy. She was sloppy, and she's been dead all these years. Can you believe it? I love it. a bit of true crime, me. That was really good. That story. Did you like it? I you you. You were piping up. You were like, huh? And what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Normally, you zone thing. out. I know. I You're think I, th- I don't think relationships is my theme anymore. My favorite theme. I think <laughs> true crime is. <laughs> Should we become a true crime podcast? I can't. Everyday death and killing. True, true. But you know what? If you lot let us know in the comments. Should we start sazzing up with a bit of true crime? I think it would be fun. I love reading true crime. I don't know why I love it. That sounds a bit sadistic, doesn't it? But I used to, back in the day when I used to get tired of podcasts, I used to... When I'm doing my makeup, I used to listen to the true crime YouTube videos. There's this yeah. one Australian girl that I really like, and she used to do it. But I used to always listen to the resolved cases and not the unresolved, because the unresolved cases it's, used to leave really me anxious. Scary. But the resolved ones used to make me happy. And it's often someone really close to you that kills you. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't ever kill me, Colton. Excuse me. I love you. Love you too. Right, um, scenario number two. Yeah. I'm just thinking, this is a really good theme. I really like true crime. <laughs> I know, you're <laughs> you really into it. But you know, the other thing about true crime is like these p- true crime podcasts, they do research. Mm. They damn near become like investigators. investigators. It's crazy. And some true crime podcasts have actually resolved cases. That's how good they are. I don't think I've got the brain capacity for that. But you know what? I, we just, can think try. We, I, just, I just think we'd need more resources. We would need people to help us out. With we this. can try though. Guys, if you're into this, let us know. We might do another one next week. I think we should.
Okay. I've got a scenario for you. There you go. Guys, can you support us and please go follow Oversharing Beauty? Kilton's going to post content this week. <laughs> oh. I have to like form saliva. You, you need to do your sultry voice. Do you guys like it? We'll do this voice. Don't like that voice. Hey, baby. Let me see if I look camera ready. God, my head is massive. If you can see me in this camera, can you see this massive black dot that I've been made from my crying? Can you see it? Yeah, I've got one underneath my eye from like mascara. Anyway. <clears throat> Hi, Kalton and Hartha. I wanted to share an extremely shocking and upsetting dilemma I've been through in the last few years of my life. Oh, I don't like it when it's longer than a few months. I know, it upsets me, I'm not gonna lie. I know, I feel But go on, darling, we're, we're here to help. Oh my God, where do I start with all this? Basically, I was in a relationship with a Somali guy for the last four years, two years dating and two years officially married. Everything was all good between us until I started noticing some major red flags about his character. He started exhibiting extreme anger problems and was very emotionally and physically abusive. Wow. I decided to stay through all of this as I loved him and he told me I was his soulmate and that I was the only woman for him in his life. Upon hearing this, we would always forgive each other and try to move past our issues as I was determined to make my relationship work despite all the hardship I endured. Oh, she's such a sweet soul. But then, girls, that's when the real problem started happening. My ex-husband started using the word divorce as leverage and blackmail on me to control and oppress me in the marriage as he knew how much the impact of those words would hurt me. It started becoming a sick game to him as, as if holding them words over my head gave him great satisfaction. And once confessing himself that using the word talaq was a means to teach me a lesson. Oh, God. And to keep me in line every time he never got his way. So in conclusion, he wanted no boundaries and wanted to do whatever the hell he wanted. Sorry, love. We don't condone that. One thing he actually said to me that shocked me to my core was how I should never ask him any questions in the relationship about anything he does in his life and that when he speaks to me, I should look down on the floor. <laughs> what? So yeah. every time he talks, we do this. No, that's ridiculous. See, to him, she's not even a human being. You should never ask me anything. Why not? If you're trifling, I'm going to ask you all the questions. Don't speak. Look on the floor. Don't look at me when I'm talking to you. Put your eyes down. God. Oh, you actually <laughs> listened. Imagine every time. Imagine imagine I walk into the house. Imagine I'm your husband and I walk into he the house. He wants her to do this. Guys, can you see me? Like, let me move the mic. I'm not going to talk. Right, so I've, so I've walked into the house. No, what does he think this is? What does he actually think this is? Let me get you your shoes. Your food is on the table. Yes, master. That's what he wants. He wants, yes, master. She said, literally flabbergasted. I think I should reveal that I am not Somali and that he chose to marry outside his culture and race, consistently affirming to all my friends and family that I was his definite choice of a life partner and that he was sure in his decision about me. No, he wanted to control her. No, it's got nothing to do with your race and your whatever no, you are. No, he just wanted, he just to wanted to someone to control. You. It's safe to say that we are no longer together and it has been a very toxic two years of my life with someone who claimed to be the love of my life. My ex-husband gave me his final divorce six weeks ago. You're free, my sister. You're free. Free. And I thanked Allah for showing me a way out of this horror, as God only knows how much I suffered through his narcissistic mind games and manipulation over the last few years. 
Honestly. Can we just can we just hats off to you, my Because it's two years. She did it for two years. You went through that hell for two years and now you are free. But you two are ready years. to do what you need to do. Can we just can we just We like, have to pray for her. Can we just pray for her but also show her her love and her generosity? Honestly, because her flowers. Because two years in the Habsi, that's like mad, I'm sorry. That's you crazy. But now you're free. Now you're free. You're free, love. No, I'm like, how can you suffer? Do you know what narcissistic men, yeah? They're just so like they're just great in the beginning, aren't they? They're great in the beginning. They just smooth you up. They make you feel like you're the, the only, only person one. in the world. You are Won't the one. Want you to, to make me feel like I'm the only girl in the like world? Like that is what they do. And then they break down. And they slowly. do it very quickly in the talking stage. Like girls, that like, I really need you guys. The to love be, bombing. You guys need to be switched switched on in the talking stage because when my man starts love bombing you and he doesn't even know your last name. Red flags, alarm bell should be ringing ding, 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 in your ding. head. If he starts saying to you, "I love you," and then you say to him, "It's well, not even why I, do you love it's me?" It's not even I love and you. He can't even explain a reason why he loves you. Like my man's telling you, "I miss you," but what's there to miss? You don't even know me. What? We don't even see each other. There's nothing between us. No, 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 I'm no. So girls, sorry. be up. Can I honestly just read about like I really want the girl girlies that listen to us to really understand because once you end up with a narcissist, game over. It's very hard to get out of a situation. situation. Yeah, it's really hard. It takes seven times for you to leave, to eventually leave. Seven times you've got to leave before you actually have the courage to, to actually leave. leave. So I'm gonna commend this girl and put your hands up for you. Two years. Two years and you did it. She's you, out the habsy. You did the jail sentence, pray for yourself. And don't ever let that man Eat your mind up. Don't ever let him take away your source. Like, you know who you are. You're the shit. You're beautiful. You're smart. He lost out. Leave him, sis. Leave him. And you did. Oh, she said, no, she said she, she suffered through his narcissistic mind games. I just know. My man said, don't talk. Don't talk. Look, Look down. Like, who are you? No, he's not. I wouldn't even do that for Jeff Bezos. And he's a billionaire. <laughs> like, who are you? You're some next man on road working the same nine to five that i work like who are you who are you my dilemma is that as someone who is not somali is it normal for the husband and his close family to treat the outsider wife in such a way based on their cultural expectations and the whole idea of just putting up with it because that's their son and his actions are always enabled because he is a man and he can do no, no. wrong in their eyes. It's the no. mum, it's the mum. It's the typical, no, that doesn't happen. There's so many Somali boys that have married girls from outside their culture and they love them the same and the families this is not normal. check their families. It's not normal, but you know, sometimes you get mums that just be coddling Enablers. up these men and will never check them for poor behavior. Instead, they'll come to you acting like, oh, yeah, he's so bad. He's this, that, whatever. And then, like, really, they're not. But also, there's mums that their sons don't fear them. Not that they should fear them, but they don't respect they them. They don't respect their mums. So, or, like, they don't have a male figure to respect. No, but so what I don't like is sometimes the, mom just start, the mums always start doing that mind games, like making you believe, yeah, I've reprimanded him for this, but she ain't done nothing. No, or well, they just drop the usual line, I'll be patient. Yeah, you'll you be know, all patience right. is in the oh, girl and all that stuff. But no, no one should be suffering in this. And no, not all Somali families are like this. There's Somali families that accept people who are from a different culture and they treat them even better. 
than they would treat someone like a Somali usually, girl. I, like, the sort of like stories that I've been on, seeing on the internet or like just like, obviously I, I don't know this for certain, but people tend to say that when a Somali man marries outside of the culture, they treat the woman outside of their culture much better than they would have treated a Somali yeah. woman. That there's a little bit of just like, what do you call that? I don't even know. But I don't know why they do that. But apparently they do that. They be doing that. They be doing that. Mm. And we don't like that. Which is why I'm really shocked that this man has treated this woman this way. No, he's treated this woman this way because he's a knock. Yeah, like, he's, he's an actual arsehole. He's got, you know, narcissism is actually a personality disorder. It's called narcissistic personality disorder. The man has actual developmental issues started in, like, the infancy of his life. But, you know, some people are just shit people, Colton, and they don't have mental health Some people problems. also are shit people. But if, if you're calling someone a knock, if a doctor diagnoses you as a knock or a therapist, whatever, Okay, I get that. The then he's got a mental health disorder. disorder. But at this moment, I just think he's a shit human being. No, yeah, this guy's terrible. Yeah. Like he's a horrible it's person. Awful. Nothing justifies. But like moving, someone saying, "Look down when I walk into the room." Like that what? is just weird. When I when you talk to me, and <laughs> I've heard of so many people that have got into relationships and they're about to get married, and the man has just switched up on her and just said, "Don't talk until I speak." Like situations like that. That's mad to me. Do you know what I mean? So it's like to me. He's on a power trip. He's, He's on, on a power, power trip. trip, but like you've escaped it. But I don't want you to feel like that you're never gonna find love. And even if you find love in a Somali man again, like they're not all the same. Another thing that I find is usually when a woman starts picking apart a man, yeah, after she's left them, don't even pick them apart. That's not even your business it. no more. Like you've put that, you're divorced now. Say Alhamdulillah, move on. You don't need to sit there thinking about, oh, he was like this, but he was like that, because that's going to start making, that's going to build some naharis for him in your heart. Do you know what I mean? When you start Mercy like, for him. when you start trying to justify his behavior, don't do that. Just close the. It's hard as, it's hard as it's said hard than, than done. done. But like, and you're, with the right support, you can get over him. But I don't, the, 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 the scenario to me sounds like she's saying, is it normal for a family to treat someone like no, this? No, it's and not it's normal. Not, like, and the thing is like, but your basic understanding of how families are supposed to treat families when you marry, that is what is supposed to be done. So you going back asking these kind of questions, it's like you're second guessing what you already know. You know this is wrong. You know families don't treat people this way. And also how would you treat your sister-in-law? That's it. That's, That's the same way you want to be treated, right? So mm. don't give up on love. Don't let this man and this situation make you feel like you'll never be loved because you will because you're a fire, fire, hot girl and you're going to get your shit, okay? But like you need to just heal from this situation, move on from the toxicity. I would say have to, I would say have one-to-one -one therapy so you're able to really reveal what you're feeling innately in your heart for this person. I would say get back in the saddle. Ha have a coming out party with your <laughs> friends. <laughs> Why not? You need to have a divorce party. Yeah. Well, you let that man go. You need to let that man go. If a divorce party is your way of doing no, that, do that. But listen, I think, I think she needs to get back in the saddle. She needs to start meeting other people. Yeah, do your thing. But my point is, if that is what, you know, Lexi she said, she said, She said, I've been divorced for six weeks. Girl. Sook a girl. Get in the sook. What's, how do I say that in Get English? In Get into the streets. <laughs> that sounds bad. That but sounds the point bad, but is, you know, not, everyone, people, not everyone's the same. Mm. I would say take your time. Do what you need to do. Get better. If you need to meet people, you know, if a nice guy at a cafe, you know, catches your eye and you start talking, do what you need to do, sis. Do you know what I mean? Take care of your business. Take care of your business. But at the end of the day, all I'm saying is you are free. Wallahi, she needs to have a divorce party. What the hell? Your friends need to get you a cake with a happy sign saying, I am free, free at last. Free at last, free at last. Free at last. At last.
No, I have Two years. She's done two years. You went through a major ordeal. Like you, you know, know what? Hats off that. to the women that are still in the marriages with the narcissist. Like, wow. How how I want to hear it from them. How have you been able to do it? I'm hearing. I'm seeing like stories online. Ten years with a narcissist. Two kids in. It's hard when you got kids. I'm not gonna lie. It's hard. So don't be having babies unless you know that man is right. Anyway, yeah, sis, you're divorced now. Stop diagnosing him. Yeah, leave him alone. Leave don't that man alone. Don't, isn't it? Well, of but course, you know, your period's going to F you up here and there. But, you know, I would just say, get back out there. But she really needs to be, she needs to be, she, this is why I think therapy's a good idea. Therapy's good, yes. No, but shall I tell you why it's good? It's not just good because they're going to help her. Because she can have a one-to-one with someone that doesn't even know her. Mm. And she can be honest about every single little thing that that man did to her. Mm. Every single thing that's like bothering in her head. Like things that she probably hasn't even revealed to her her nearest and dearest. Yeah, like things she's never revealed to anyone because she's too shy. She can get all of that out of her system. And then just- Do you know what? This is is my- um, I'm just saying. Unpopular opinion, yeah. But I, I just feel like girls shouldn't... You know what I don't like about narcissists? One thing they do, yeah, and I've mentioned this before on the podcast, is they'll say things like, whatever happened between us has to stay between us. Mm. As if to silence your experience, no, don't your silence story. Him. If he's abused you, you better reveal it to the world. Yeah, man. Do you know what? I really don't believe that women... like, And the reason why they say that is another control aspect. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to leave this relationship, if I've closed the door on you... Make sure it's quiet. Make sure my secrets die with you. Why? Why? Why abuse me if you don't want the world to know what it's you like did to me? It's like he's still controlling you and you left. If I want to talk about my story, if I want to talk about what you did to me, I'm going to talk about my experience. Exactly. What can you what can you say? Let's do it. Go on, big girl. But yeah, um, like, I just, I don't think women should be shamed because a lot of it is they're playing on the girls like, like, I don't want to reveal my story because it's shameful, it's embarrassing, nothing is embarrassing. All these men are trifling, they do the same, they do the same things to the women. They do the exact same things. It's just repeated patterns of abuse. And all your favourites have all gone through this shit. Every Everyone single woman has gone through it. There is not one person that hasn't gone through it. Kim, <laughs> us, the world, Oprah We've Winfrey, all gone they've through all it. gone through it. It doesn't matter. Like I don't want don't feel like you're the only person this has ever happened to. Like, don't feel like like my life is shit. And you know what? You will have those depressive days where you're just in bed and you'll think, like, why has my life turned out this way? Like But sis, there's so many women out there that are either going through the same things currently, they're still sisters, ten year marriages, ten year deep ten year in deep their marriages is. dealing with narcissistic husbands. But what we're saying to her is it's okay to have the depressive days. Yeah, of course. While you're in bed crying, wallowing Eating about the Uber situation. Eats every day. You do you know what I mean? It's do okay. it, go through it. You need to get through that process. But, but you, you know what? You need to remember yeah. you need to remember the glow up. You need to you need to get back in the streets, hun. I'm so sorry. The one cure for heartbreak is getting back out there. Someone making you happy. <laughs> that first date. <laughs> When a man says, when he just he treats you differently, you're like, right, okay. Right, is this what I was missing? Mm-hmm. Damn. I didn't even need to ask for this and this happening. Do you know what I mean? The telephone calls, the texts, the little bit of excitement, it's going to make you forget. Anyway. Right, what did she say? That's it, no? No, there's more. <gasps> so she said, so is it normal for the close family to treat the outside of wife in such a way based on their cultural expectations and the whole idea of just putting up with it because that's their son and that's his actions are always enabled because he's the man and he can do no wrong in their eyes. Oh no, maybe she does need therapy. She does need therapy. Sis, I retract 
after you have your course of therapy, then I would say the streets is calling my name. I'm going to the streets, but yeah, I actually get therapy because she said, I now suffer from anxiety and PTSD due to the damage inflicted on me in the relationship because I am convinced all Somali men and their families operate a dictatorship. We we don't, I promise you. You know, we actually don't. Go Wallahi, there's Wallahi, some, there's some, there's some chilled out families. Out Wallahi, there's some good, Wallahi, some there's good some Somali good men. Somali brothers Especially out there. in this like era of men, they're hardworking, they've got good jobs. They go to the masjid. They understand the cues of being a misogynist. And they and would they be shocked by what you experienced, but never tell a man what you what, what you went through. Yeah, but never ever reveal. Never reveal to another man who you're talking to. Your you next man, what you went through. Yeah, you want to say. You want to talk about yourself in a very in high a, way. Uh, yeah. Maybe if you know, you get married and you're in the relationship for two years, maybe you can yeah, start revealing like stuff. When but you fully in the beginning. Trust, yeah, when you're dating, never ever Never reveal to a man what, you know, what the other did to you. Anyway. So I she just think, said, yeah. So she suffers now from anxiety and PTSD and thinks basically all Somali men operate dictatorship. I'm really sorry that you feel that way. Honestly, I'm, I'm just, I have to apologize on behalf of the Somali men out there. It's, they're not all crazy. I'm so sorry. They're really. No, there's actually some good ones. There's a lot of good ones out there. There's some really decent men who would never even think about these sorts of things. No. Like they fear Allah. They. And they're culturally aware. They're culturally aware. They're, they're also are. like just generally aware of this, just. The, the bad sides. Yeah, and, and they've they been raised by work. toxic men, so they know not to be but toxic But some of them men. have been raised by good, good men. families. They come from yeah. good families, and they're able to recognize the toxicity within themselves and work to improve those if it's there. And those yeah. who don't really have toxic toxicity, they're just all van decent they're people. They're all right. I'm telling you. Well, the Somali men are all right. You've just been dealt a bad card, sis, but don't worry. Sis, look, the way you've got to see this is that's one man out of how many Somali men. And yeah. sometimes, you know what? This is why it's so important when you're getting to know someone. You've got to pray to Allah that he's just the, your perfect person. I mean. You have to because you don't know what you're going to get. It's a gamble. It's good Quran, You don't know. It's like, it's like Russian roulette. Not, not that I want to, you know, liken marriage to Marriage gambling, is like luck. But it's a gamble. It is a gamble. But you never know. But anyway, we are praying for you. Our things are you need to get therapy to deal, just to get your bounce back and to heal. Mm. You need to just make make sure you feel like yourself again. Get your confidence back. Have a good network. And just know like not everyone is the same. The way that your ex treated you, not everyone's going to treat you that way. And, get and back also, I would say get back on, just return to Allah. Do you know, the reason why I say return to Allah is because you are basically in a very fragile situation right you're very fragile generally you're un like you're unstable when you come out of a breakup so ah, when you come out of a relationship so i think a really good thing that i think is quite helpful is just if you're let's say for example you don't want to you don't want to be sitting there telling people what happened you know what i mean you don't want to be sitting there talking your biz to x y and z like the best thing to do i'm not even gonna lie is to pray to hajjud and tell allah all of your problems and ask for what you want because he'll give it to you Valid. You know what I mean? He's the only one that can. He's the only one that corn can. for your corn and it happens. And it happens. One thing that I think is going to make you feel grounded is the fact that you have your creator. He's going to be on your side if you are like doing what you need to do in obedience to him. And Tahajjud, I talked about it last like a few episodes ago. Guys, Tahajjud is powerful, man. Powerful. It's an invite from Allah. I think you should take it. It's very powerful. It can help you heal. Try it out. Yeah, just, just cry to Allah. You're emotional. 
I know. It's really sad. Tajid is a very emotional time. But Tajid is invite only. Invite only. That's VIP. VIP guest so list. So wake up your... for Tajid. Allah is literally on the lowest of the heavens. He's, he's asking his servants. What do you want? What do you want? What do you need? And I'm here to give it to you. Okay. So I begged and cried to my ex-in-laws for years about the mistreatment I was subjected to by their brother slash son and made no difference to my situation. In fact, my ex-father-in-law was the instigator in most of the problems as he hated that I was Ejnebi and assumed that I was the one giving his son a hard time, in turn influencing him to leave me time and time again. Ew, I can't do it. I have now only discovered I'm pregnant. <gasps> With his second child, first time I was three months pregnant and he forced me to get an abortion. <gasps> I can provide evidence of the clinical letters. Oh no. But they're still shunning me out with my ex-husband's sister telling me I'm lying about my fake pregnancy and that my unborn child means nothing to them. Nah, this what is, is this evil family? Oh my God, I take back everything I said. What the hell? Nah, this family is awful. What? So they're tr trying to say that she's, the pregnancy's fake. It's fake. How is it fake? I feel so wrong by this man and his family and I've bottled so much of this tumultuous relationship inside for so long. Please can you help spread some insight on this as my Muslim sister so that I can feel some clarity in my heart in order to help me heal and move on. Forget this family. Forget them. Do you have support? If you've got support from your own family, from your own networks, from your community, and you know in your heart that you can basically survive this situation without needing one penny from this family. Don't even talk to them again. Like, oh what God, the it's hell? so hard though, she's pregnant. There's so much that comes they're, into it. She's pregnant and they're telling her she's not pregnant. They're so evil. The father-in-law is instigating. Is this people that you can raise a child, a no, family No, that is evil, it's horrible, you can you raise can't. a child with. Listen, wallahi. No, that's you need to you, They're evil, they're man. They're animals. Oh my God, sis. If you need any support from us, let us know. Please message us so we can help you with anything if you need. But what animals did you marry? SubhanAllah. Who does that? Anyway, um, moving forward. Moving forward. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually... Why did, you, why did you not read ahead? No, no. Why are telling her to go back to the streets and she's pregnant? I fucking didn't know, did I? Oh my I'm god! I'm so angry. I'm so living. I didn't know the story could get any worse. Anyway, but how mad is this family? Subhanallah, that Allah has removed you from that situation. If, if it was a case, yeah, where this story ended with, I've been divorced from this person six weeks ago, and I said, get your life, sis, enjoy your life. But now I retract. I retract it all. I think she should go to therapy. I think you need to cre you need to create a cocoon of people that are going to help you with your child and like help you raise the kid if you need any help from us we will help you we'll please help you send sis. us a message just email us whatsapp us what and we'll do, do anything send you my number do. after this it's actually scary but you can do this like allah would not have given you this baby and this situation if you couldn't handle it do you know what it is this today you are alive you're well alhamdulillah you've got a baby basically growing inside you 
Like you have everything you need in this world. I really hope that you have a family that you can lean on that is supportive, friendship groups, like circles of people that can actually help you yeah. do this. Because I'm so sorry, there is no way on earth this family are gonna do anything for and you. And you never know, Allah can change their they hearts. They could, they could, it could change their hearts, but I'm saying- We like, hope he does. I'm just saying- You can't go, go back, no. you can't go back. Cause Absolutely you can't raise your not. kid in that toxicity. But also it's very hard raising kids as someone that does i'm being serious but i think you can do it and with some countless women do it you can do it. it you can do it sis with the help of allah you can do anything you don't need him and you know you don't need his family you never know allah can give you like a white knight, you never know. It's not even about white knight. No, just, I'm not talking, just, I'm just saying he can give her something that no, helps support I her. I understand, but I just think that when you're in a, one thing that I know is when you've hit rock bottom, yeah, that you can't, there's no way that you can go any further than that. You're already no. seeing the lowest of the low of the low. What's going to happen is, and is your, there's going to, things are gonna start getting better for you. It is. Because with hardship comes ease. And I just think you should continue to pray your prayers, pray istikhara, like just be obedient to Allah because I promise you sis right now you are in the the most amazing the best situation, situation. when you're going through hardship sis you say alhamdulillah I'm not even joking you say alhamdulillah I'm going through hardship because what comes after hardship is and you know I just feel like you know when you're in these really vulnerable situations Allah really just gives you things bountifully from the abundance abundance I'm telling you. you're gonna receive the rizq of Allah in abundance when Literally. you're in a shit situation you don't even know it something amazing is gonna happen the support that you need the courage that you need the strength that you need is going to come don't falter just keep sticking to what you're doing you don't need to go back to him you don't need to go back to his family you don't need anything from them because in the end you don't want to raise your child you yourself while you're pregnant you don't want to be in that toxicity all you need is allah you need allah in and your, you need in your, your whole family lifetime, all you need is allah but you also need your family and you need a support system so i hope you have that in place and if you don't we'll help you we'll see what we can do but yeah, just be firm and be straight and just know you've got this. You've really got this. So believe in yourself and pray. That's all I can say. I sh everything that you need is gonna come from Allah. That's how I see it. Right now, wallah, alhamdulillah, you have to say alhamdulillah for the situation, for the things that this girl has been through. Yeah. Because the only way is up. Girl, you got this. The only way is up. Oh my God, this evil family, I can't deal with them. Why does it have to be Somali? Ugh. Gosh, I'm hot. They make I feel hot. I feel hot. Anyway, guys, that is the end of our episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate you. Make sure that you download the episodes and you subscribe to our YouTube, inshallah, and make sure you leave us a review. Um, thank you guys so much for watching. We love you guys so much. Bye. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 